This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Welcome back to Coruscant Radio Underground, where we talk about everything Star Wars. I'm Andrew. I'm here tonight with Marisha. Hello. And our very special guest, Dominic Pace. Hey, guys. How are you? I hope all is well, and hello to all your listeners. Yep. So we're very, very glad to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. And uh, we just wanted to chat with you a little bit. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, getting to play a, a Star Wars character. I mean, I, I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan and, you know, we talk about it all the time because we're also big Tolkien fans and, you know, and Tolkien was kind of the one who I blame Tolkien for my love to know everything about every character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that so many of us have, you know, then latched onto Star Wars and we kind of want the same thing. And so we want to know about all these characters standing in the corner in the cantina and, yeah. you know, the pilots. And, and it, we just kind of, as Star Wars fans, demand a story for everybody. Absolutely. You know, I, I always knew about that fascination. I mean, we can go back to the original Bounty Hunters to where you had Zookas and Forlom pretty much uh, standing on the bridge there, not doing much. Uh-huh. And I mean, those guys sort of became the OGs. Um, right. I, I think, I guess, you know, a credit to Tolkien, a credit to Lucas and, of course, Lucas's team. Yep. I think what really makes it separates, uh, you know, the men and the women from the girls and boys is basically the amount of detail that they give to every character. And that starts from the outside in, you know, the amount of depth that they put, whether it's with prosthetics, whether it is with the uh, outfits and uniforms, so many great stories that you hear uh, from the original trilogy. But I, I, for those who don't know, I've been in this business for 20 plus years. I have over a hundred television film and television credits. Uh, This has just been beyond words in terms of the reception uh, to where I think COVID had a lot to do with it. But still, I think it's just the passion of the Star Wars fan base that really has blown me away uh, the last couple of years, ever since I announced. Um, and, And just so the fans know. A lot of times, you know, sometimes I'll go on a show, somebody say, star of the Mandalorian, Dominic <laughs> I said, please. I said, you don't understand. I said, this is not, none of this tour, none of these appearances has ever been about, you know, sort of being anything bigger than what these special side characters are. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's less than one minute screen time. Uh, but somehow, you know, the fans seem to latch on, like you said, with these characters, with Tolkien's characters, maybe some in the Marvel Universe, but not even Marvel. I feel like it's just mm-hmm. the A-team, and that's pretty much it, even in terms of figures. Right. But, you know, the one thing I always say, I think the best comparison is when we were kids, if you had a Han Solo, you had a Walrus Man. If you had a, a Princess Leia, you had a Hammerhead. And the same thing with those guys. I mean, they were literally sitting at the bar. I mean, they weren't even involved in the action. I mean, I, I was fortunate to have a battle. Uh, but it just has been so uh, humbling. Uh, I've been so grateful because uh, for as in many businesses, our, my business got shot down about 75%. And, mm-hmm. you know, we only had so many opportunities. I'm, I've been fortunate to be a working actor. But when things aren't completely up and running, similar to a lot of the small businesses, which I was so passionate to help out because I relate as a working character actor where, you know, again, you're not a big conglomerate. 
and you're not going to get through this, you know, this this COVID time uh, mm-hmm. without the help of others. Uh, I just can't tell you how grateful I am uh, for the whole perfect storm again of side characters being amazing uh, and also the reception of the uh, the Star Wars fan base there. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Andrew um, is self-employed. He works as a, a real estate appraiser, and I homeschool our kids. So, you know, 2020 was also all of a sudden people weren't buying houses and weren't selling houses and didn't want you in their houses, uh, right. you know. And so, um, you know, it's something we really appreciate, you know, people going out of their way to help, you know, small businesses because yeah. last year, you know, the, the work that we got just from individuals call and be like, Hey, can you come appraise my house? Like yeah. that paid our bills last year. And without yeah. there being just in, and, and, and usually it's banks, you know, usually he works, but if it just weren't just for individuals, just, you know, picking yeah. up the phone and giving out a phone call, you know, we, we, so, you know, as, as one of the little guys, we really appreciate you, you know, being one of those people going out of your way to do things to help uh, small businesses. So I, I appreciate you. You know, it's funny because I actually got, I don't have too many tattoos. I'm not a, a tattoo guy, but I actually got a tattoo of the character. And uh, you, you make me think of a point there to where uh, there's a lot of parallels for my life and also your lives uh, that are in relation to the bounty hunters. You know, the, the question is maybe why are bounty hunters so appealing? So we can look at them and say, oh, wow, well, they look really cool from the outside. Mm-hmm. But also to me, you know, on top of the relationships, the iconic relationships in the Star Wars universe, like father and son, of course, you know, Luke and Vader, mm-hmm. a brother and brother, in my opinion, the parallels of Anakin and uh, Obi-Wan to where, yeah. you know, brothers have gone their own separate ways. Um, you know, there's so many different dynamics in the universe, which, I again, make Star Wars stand out from other franchises. Uh, but the one thing for me is that bounty hunters in particular, I feel like represent the working class man and woman, the single mother trying to just get by and trying mm-hmm. to survive. And for me, you know, when I first heard that, you know, some businesses are essential, but other businesses are non essential, that mm-hmm. the very core of this country, I think what makes our country great is the fact that you have these mom and pops who get up every morning and get it done themselves. And yep. for me, I was in a position, unlike, you know, a lot of the A-listers to where, again, I mean, they've worked hard and they have demanded their their rate to where they, you know, they go to a, a store, comes to them and they say, OK, well, it's going to be X amount of dollars for me to show up. I didn't right. have that clout, but it worked out in such a beautiful way to where I said, hey, I don't want anything up front. I said, if anything, let me give you guys 15 percent. I don't need anything at all. The only thing is, you know, if you can put me up at a night at a hotel the night before, you know, something modest in the Midwest, I greatly appreciate it. My son and I will be traveling. And it just worked out so well to I was able to raise over twenty five thousand dollars for over 50 different comic book stores uh, throughout the country there. So I, I can't tell you how grateful I am. And it was just sort of a yin and a yang in terms of them helping me mm-hmm. and sort of putting Gecko uh, to a higher stratosphere now to where the fans created a comic for this year's tour um, and, and also helping them as well through uh, through those difficult times. Yeah, that that's that's awesome. And so tell us about like, I, I know you don't want to like give us spoilers, but what no. what do you have to tell us about this comic project? Sure. You know, it's an interesting story. Uh, it's a little bit uh, a little slightly sad in that uh, Marvel Comics, the head of uh, a very popular comic right now called Star Wars Bounty Hunters, loved mm-hmm. the character. Uh, his name is Ethan Sachs. And obviously new to all of the new transitions, let's just say, within the Star Wars cast. Um, unfortunately, they got the kibosh as far as being able to bring any characters, whether they're A-list or, uh, you know, at, at, at my level, the side characters, um, into any of the comic books to make official canon. So that was a little disappointing because mm-hmm. for me, I told Marvel, I said, look, 
you know, the one thing that the fans love are variant covers. I said, so if you guys do that, I'm going to run with X amount of covers and I'm going to do this tour and, and basically be, uh, you know, supporting your, your comic book in-house, right. uh, including, you know, Alaska and Hawaii and all over uh, these places that we're going. Right. Well, that fell through. I had a couple of people come to me, one gentleman in particular who was so anxious to want to flesh out my Wikipedia again, like we talk about, you know, a lot of the fans and just wanting to know the details or if they can contribute, mm -hmm. uh, being that passionate. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, what does Gecko's ship look like? <laughs> what would his uh, planet look like? What is his species? Right. So this one guy, he's from Maryland. He came to me, he said, Dom, I would be honored to write <laughs> a little, you know, one-off issue, fan fiction comic of Gecko. You did such an amazing job with the small businesses. The fans love you. The charitable organizations, the 501st, Rebel Legion, Mandalorian Mercs inducted me as an honorary member. We were also involved in a lot of charitable organizations as well, uh, raising money as we were uh, uh, for their causes. Uh, they do just such an amazing job in their local communities. Absolutely. So he had an illustrator from Romania, believe it or not, and a colorist from Brazil. Uh, so it's sort of been a worldwide effort. But I said, if you guys do it, I want to make sure that it's top notch, uh, whatever it costs, it costs. And uh, they put together just a really high quality 16 page uh, one off issue with four variant uh, comics that we'll be touring with uh, starting in Hawaii, actually, this weekend, uh, April 10th. And then finishing up in Boise, Idaho, and that's going to be in August 23rd. Uh, over 60 stops. Uh, you can find all the information at geckothebountyhunter.com or Lair of the Gecko on Facebook. Um, and again, the same deal applies. We have not uh, uh, gotten off the ground. We have stayed uh, very grounded with the, the stores as a way of showing our appreciation that they, they all get 15%. Uh, just in exchange for that simple little uh, offer of uh, a, a simple night at a hotel. It doesn't have to be Four Seasons or <laughs> anything uh, too foo-foo, um, as long as it's not the uh, the Motel 6 down uh, right next to the truck stop. Right. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, uh, that's been the same deal, and we're looking forward to hopefully doubling that number for them uh, this year. And uh, like I said, I, it, it's sort of a uncomfortable thing because, again, <laughs> it, it was supposed to be just flanking a lot of the uh, Comic-Cons. I was supposed to be just, you know, with mm. a lot of the – the B right. guys, you know, Tate Fletcher and Missy Rosas and yep. uh, Chris Bartlett, a lot of guys from the cast where it would just been I would just been like an uh, an addition like you see in those uh, extra rooms yep. uh, at the Comic Cons. And I was going to do maybe about 20 or so uh, as nothing in my career really topped this in terms of the sci fi genre. I've done a lot of television, but nothing to where the Comic Cons would have uh, uh, grasped a hold of me, right. which is what would have happened. Uh, but because of COVID and because so many of the actors didn't want to be proactive in that regard of course you know whether it's the fear or the amount of grunt that you have to go through i mean in terms of the mileage i put on twenty thousand miles last year as mm -hmm. far as going around the country twice uh gecko sort of took on another sort of being in and of itself and one thing i've been telling a lot of people uh lately is is that it's not so much now about the side character for me you know we obviously have a lot of issues right now going in our uh, on in our country and right. the one thing for me with two sons 15 and 12 that I want to teach them. I, I, you know, again, we're all, you know, most of us are middle class. We don't maybe have a million dollar life insurance policy uh, behind us, mm -hmm. but the greatest life lesson is to teach them because we're hearing a lot of excuses right now in society and to teach them the amount of success that you can have through even the smallest opportunity in our country, as opposed to pointing the finger and blaming other people. If you look within yourself, you know, I'm an Italian American. I grew up in New York. My grandfather was in the CCCs. He was fourth infantry in World War II. Didn't wow. have much. Uh, but ultimately, I wanted to pass down to them the understanding that no matter what the rhetoric or the narrative is right now, it still goes back to creating an opportunity, sometimes out of the smallest, similar to those small businesses. 
to where I have so much respect for them because they don't make excuses. They get up every morning again, like we mentioned, and they work hard. Uh, so the thing for me is I hope that Gecko, maybe in so many years, made the, the greatest Star Wars story of all may not be within the universe, but it might be so much a, a documentary in terms of believing in yourself, working hard, and from that, a lot of good things will happen. Absolutely. Well, so that's the American dream, right? Correct. Correct. And, and again, I just feel, you know, the narrative right now, I normally uh, don't get too high on my horse uh, or get up on a soapbox, uh, but the narrative right now in the schools, my concern is that they're, they're blaming people who are successful and they're blaming people who are unacceptable. They're making excuses for those who are not successful. Right. And for me, it's just, you know, I, I was second and third team on my football team. We had a great program in, uh, in uh, New York State. And if I could go back to high school again and the coach came to me and said, hey, I want you to start a quarterback because, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that we spread the love here. I would tell him, no, I, you know, again, the bar needs to still be set at the highest level to, again, you know, even being a side character in Hollywood, I never minded until now it's turned into sort of this participation trophy mm -hmm. thing to where I, I just I understand, you know, we're, we should all be about helping others. But at the same time, I just feel like there's this constant narrative of of too much of, of a participation trophy as opposed to rewarding everyone of all different parts of the universe uh, to, for those who work hard. And I think that needs to be the constant, uh, the common dom denominator in our country of, if, for many, many years to come. And I hope that it will be. Um, but if anything, uh, you know, bringing my sons along on this trip. The, all we can do is control what we have in our own four walls. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is just very important to me because I think that's a, a very valuable lesson that's not only patriotic, but also at the same time, a very personal for me as a, as a father. Yeah. No, I agree with all of that. I mean, I've got three kids and, you know, it's important to me that they, they learn the value of hard work and, you know, having grown up in a family. I mean, I grew up with, you know, for being in rural Mississippi, I mean, you know, pretty well off as, you know, but, you know, my grandparents all started their lives, all started their careers as educators in Mississippi. Educators in Mississippi don't make a lot of money. Right. Educators nowhere make a lot of money, but in Mississippi, it's especially bad. And, but they all came from, you know, they were all, their their fathers were either farmers, dirt poor farmers, or yeah. or preachers. Two preachers. of them were preachers, and I mean preachers were you know back then were getting paid with chickens. So yeah, and you know <laughs> what they went through and what they you know they didn't complain about it. They just did the hard work and and made something of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I had a, such a fortunate experience with my younger son driving through Mississippi last year, where we stopped in a little town that I'm sure the whole entire world knows called Tupelo, mm -hmm. and uh, seeing Elvis's first house, yeah. uh, the same thing from the father to the son, uh, mm -hmm. and the mother as well, who he adored so much, but to see, you know, how you come from something so small and so humble, and uh, you build your empire, you know, with hard work and talent, yeah. and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, those little stories uh, throughout the country, we're uh, actually going to be focused a little bit more on American history this time with the Lewis and Clark Ventures, which I'm just have been fascinated. I just finished their journals. That's um, awesome. But, you know, you're inspired by those stories. And again, I, I think that we need to get back to that and understand that everyone is included in that understanding of work hard and I'm going to be there to employ you. I'm going to be there, you know, no matter what, I, there's not going to be any jadedness. It's just it's got to go under that. And I can't sit there and point my finger at the people up at the top of the hill and say, they, oh, well, they had it easier than me or, or this person has it harder than me. I, I just don't think that's a great mentality. And I think that ends up segregating us as a society. So 
you know, to, to get more detail into that story, there were 25 bounty hunters at my same rank. And there was only one who stepped up and, and created an opportunity through enthusiasm and passion and also uh, for understanding the market. And uh, mm -hmm. again, I think that hopefully uh, will be an inspirational story for many generations to come. Um, but we're doing it uh, firsthand. And, and most importantly, I, I'm just glad that, you know, my sons could see that through my actions as opposed to just uh, talking a, a big talk on the couch there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as they say, that's the way to, to, to teach things, right, is, is yeah. through example. Right. Their actions, yes. A lot of people can talk. A lot of big talkers. <laughs> yes, yes. Especially in this uh, in this world where everyone has a platform on social media. Lots correct, of correct. Yes, you know, somebody just tweeted this morning. They said, "God." They said, "A lot of people are tweeting." I don't know if they're necessarily helping charities out, uh, or you know, but, yeah. but man, they're making it sound like they're virtue signaling left and right. You know, it's like, look, you got to get out there, get your hands dirty, uh -huh. and then you know, obviously, then you can go ahead and 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 pat yourself there. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so you've been, I mean, goodness, you've been making the rounds. I mean, not just the driving rounds last year, but you have been, like you said, on a lot of rooftops here lately. You've you've been doing a, a lot of interviews. So here here's my question. What is one question that you wish that interviewers would ask, but they never do? Oh, wow. That's very, very interesting. Oh, man. <laughs> I think you got me there. You know, I got to tell you because I I've been doing this for like a couple years, so I think they honestly have hit almost on every uh, point. You know, if anything, I think it would be to discuss uh, my grandfather. I was raised um, with my uh, my mother. My parents, you know, I I had resentment for my dad when I was younger, but they just got married too early, uh, so it wasn't my father's fault or it wasn't my mother's fault. Um, but my mother took us back to New York. We uh, she tried to save the marriage and uh, try to work out work it out in uh, Hawaii. But uh, ended up working out. Uh, ended up moving back to um, New York with just my sister and I. My sister was a, a year older. We, yeah, I just have a, a one sibling. And uh, my maternal grandparents. My grandfather was William Tagliaferri, um, uh, and he was a member of the Fourth Infantry. Uh, he was stationed down there at Fort Bragg, uh, down south, uh, before they ended up hitting Normandy Beach. Uh, wow. But for me, uh, he was just one of the greatest inspirations. We talk about now. As far as, again, creating that opportunity, people saying, wow, you know, you're doing this and you're doing that. When we look again at that generation, like you were talking about, you know, down in Mississippi, when you look at the older generations, it really puts things into perspective in terms of uh, how, how to have a stronger work ethic. Because for mm -hmm. me, you know, going back to the 80s, I wasn't drafted into an army. You know, I, I mean, mm -hmm. we literally were playing Nintendo and, and uh, playing sports with my with my friends. Um, so I guess the one thing that I would wish that people would ask would just, uh, and they, they wouldn't know unless they study IMDb, my IMDb bio, is just the uh, close relationship I had with my grandfather and how much of an inspiration he was. Just because, again, uh, when we look at that generation going through the 1930s, no matter where you were in the country, it was not easy unless you were part right. of the top 0.01%. Um, right. uh, and, and again, when you see that and when you know the stories that they go through, the men and the women of all races, uh, obviously the genders, uh, just God bless them all. And, and again, uh, that I think puts a lot of things into perspective. They talk a lot now in terms of, you know, and, and a lot of it has weight to it as far as, you know, those going through a hard time. Uh, but, but you do, it's hard not to question today's hard time versus if we truly educate ourselves and put things into perspective with that great generation. Uh, yeah, that's, there's definitely, that's true. Um, 
so I know you've been making the rounds to all these uh, these shops, but before, did you have an opportunity before things really shut down to do much on the con circuit? Uh, yes. So I initially, I had a couple. There was one in Stockton, California, Northern California near Sacramento. I was there with Eric Roberts. Um, and then I did Pensacon, which was a great convention. Yeah. And again, we, we just, the chip fell exactly where it's supposed to be. We were going to be in a room with a lot of actors. You know, I had, uh, yeah, I got to, you know, geek out at, uh, fellow actors, uh, but they were from the eighties generation that I grew up with, you know, mm -hmm. with, well, after watching entertainment tonight, you'd watch the A team or you'd watch, you know, uh, uh, the greatest American hero. Um, so I had a few, a handful of agents. I told them I wanted to be independent. I wanted to pick from all different types of, uh, of different conventions and take the best opportunities. I had about 25 cons lined up. I also had a chance to get over to Liverpool, of all places in England. Uh, so I was taking full advantage as soon as that bell hit on season one, episode one. Mm -hmm. I was off to the races doing podcasts, and I was uh, having a lot of appearance agents reach out to me and saying, hey, you know, again, you, you know where you stand. You're going to be, you know, in the room with the Gamorrean guards and with the stormtroopers, Alan Austin from Empire Strikes Back. And I said, absolutely. They're going to take care of the flight. They're going to take care of the hotel. At that point, then they do give you a guarantee, uh, which is always great because at least, you know, you're, you're going to make a certain amount on each weekend. Mm -hmm. I got an agent in South America. They were going to take <laughs> I had to be a little careful because they were getting a little too adventurous. They're like, yeah, we'll take you to <laughs> Colombia and Brazil. I'm like, I, I, I want to come back with my head still on, the, on my, my shoulders here. I had one member of the 501st. It's a funny story. They said, uh, you know, because they have all these CEOs, these commanding right, officers right. of the uh, charitable organization, Star Wars organization. They're down in Columbia. And uh, she called me. She's from Columbia. She said, who are you staying with? And I said, well, this guy, this guy told me to, you know, he's going to put me up in his house. She goes, yeah. She goes, you know, I got another friend of mine. You may want to stay over there. And I said, well, why? What's the problem? And normally you say, hey, well, you know, this guy's kind of a you know, not really great, or this guy's not really this, you know. <laughs> he said, well, the other guy might be part of a cartel. That's <laughs> uh, just like, what the hell? I said, cancel the whole freaking trip. Are you kidding me? I said, you know, it's one thing you say, hey, uh, you know, the, the guy maybe lives in a bad area of town. The cartel. I said, get that. I said, this is a freaking signing. I'm going to show up like the three amigos uh, with Chevy Chase and Steve Martin, and I'm going to freaking get my head cut off. I said, the hell with that, you know? But, uh, oh, man, I had, a, I had a nice little tour planned. And, again, all within the understanding of just knowing my place. And, again, I mean, uh, again, I, would, I wouldn't trade <laughs> – uh, I, I mean, I would trade in, a, in a, a New York minute to not have COVID happen. But because of COVID, Gecko sort of took on, again, a, a certain level of, of uh, popularity that would, was sort of unlike what would have happened. Let's put right. it that way. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we've gotten to see a few times. I know you did uh, you, you did some stuff in Chicago with our, our buddy Roe from the Scarif podcast. Uh, he's amazing. And we got, we got another one this, this year, July 10th. It's going to be in the same little courtyard at Alley Cat Comics there. And that'll be on a Saturday. So, oh man, we had the best, you know, the one great thing too, I'll tell you down South, you guys have the best chicken fried chicken with that white country <laughs> gravy. I, I mean, I, I swear, I gotta be careful now cause I'm going to be 46. So it's like, it starts packing on, but oh man, if you haven't tried a real Chicago deep dish, there's actually an app now, which is, it's really pricey, but you can get food from all over the country. But if you have never tried a real authentic deep dish, anyone listening, highly recommended uh, to even order it. They uh, they send them uh, some of the major chains. They send them freeze dried uh, all over the country. Yeah. But oh man, that deep dish will put you away. That <laughs> you're going to take a nap. But man, it, it was heaven. Yeah, we live 
we live pretty close to New, about three hours from New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans originally, and so oh, yeah. every couple of years, there, sure. we'll get a you know on a Valentine's Day, well, king cake will show up. You know, have one shit because it's just not the same <laughs> if you don't get it there. You know, I'd imagine yes. pizza in Chicago is a little bit, a little bit the same. You can't beat the oh man, New Orleans. I'll tell you. Uh, well, I'll go through it quickly. Is beignets, the banana foster at the Commander's Palace, yeah. the mufalada, the shrimp po boy. And then the best bread and put, put, bread and butter pudding I ever had is a place called uh, Court of Two Sisters, right in the quarter. Yep. Yes. And yes. oh my God, you can smell the butter from a mile away. <laughs> uh-huh. It was just, I, I'll tell you, it's like Grandma's Kitchen. Uh, every throughout the, the aroma was absolutely amazing. But they do food right. The only problem with New Orleans I have is you got to go at the right time of the year because humidity combined with having a full stomach is just a not a good mix there. <laughs> yeah, you just got to go. You got to go when yeah, it's when it's cool enough. Yeah, we <laughs> we live. Cold, yeah. I, we deal with the same thing here. We're right here on the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. and you know we deal with that that humidity and it's uh it's brutal humidity stuff. and mosquitoes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. So. So much history there. I took my son to uh, the Lincoln Museum up in Springfield, Illinois. And oh, my God, you talk about work back then. I think Lincoln was uh, originally from Kentucky. And he was uh, they were like, I don't know if it was log or whatever. He was doing some kind of parts or whatever that they would be on a raft and they they would row down Mm -hmm. uh, downstream uh, from the Mississippi down to the Mississippi to the mm-hmm. Delta there, and then they walk back up to Kentucky. I was like, yeah. again, the same thing. You can't complain in this day and age when you start hearing those stories. <laughs> right. Yeah, they would actually, they would come, a lot of them came here and went back up the Natchez Trace. Yep. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. I uh, I want to go, uh, I, I want to look into that uh, this time because I believe in Tennessee, um, it, it, it passes uh, uh, Lewis, uh, where Meriwether Lewis is buried. Uh, and he's uh, close by there, so mm-hmm. I want to just pay my respects. Uh, that story yeah. after hearing it, from start to finish was so tragic there. Yeah. Now, and if y'all get a chance when you're doing the history stuff, don't pass up Natchez if you get a chance. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no. It's certainly why I mean, God is so rich in history down there. And mm-hmm. uh, one other spot I'd love to visit there is Vicksburg there. Pay our respects as well. Yeah, we're really close to Vicksburg. We're about 45 minutes from Vicksburg. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I love that story I, in terms of how that all transpired on, on those days. I think it, it might have been, I don't know if it was an accident or whatever. It was a uh, somebody... It was like a, somebody stepped on a branch. <laughs> it's like it, it just alerted the whole thing. And then, of course, you know, you had one of the ma- most major battles of the of the Civil War. Right. There. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nat- Natchez is um, the oldest city on the Mississippi River. Wow. And wow. we had our tricentennial a few years ago. And oh, my God, the uh, when the there were so many Natchez was a big kind of international city at the time it was a big port city and and all this and so there were people from all over the country here and when the union army rolled into natchez they just raised the american flag <laughs> they were like so- <laughs> <laughs> no battle here everybody was like hello please don't bomb our pretty houses we'd like to keep them sure oh man yeah. I, I i would love to see it yeah I, I, tupelo that was the first time it was my 50th state uh, okay. Last August was uh, Mississippi there, so I'd love to explore it more for sure. Wow, that's that is a lot of driving. So, of all the states y'all drove through, mm. which one? Okay, so some some states you drive and they like, you know, yeah. they kind of never end. Um, yeah. But then there's a lot. But then sometimes they have super interesting things in them. So, what what was the most interesting thing y'all saw on your your cross country road trip? 
Well, I'll tell you, I, I've been there before. Not This time was a little more dramatic because it was right through the fires during uh, September and October. Mm-hmm. But the most beautiful continental state for me, uh, with the back roads as well as the shore, is Oregon, believe it or not. Mm. Uh, I'll tell you, they've got those canopy uh, tree-lined uh, back roads. And uh, yeah. the best, I'm not a big wino, but uh, the Pinot Noir, their weather, you know, with the rain. But they also have just these rocky, mystical beaches where they filmed one of our other favorites, which was Goonies, uh, yeah. Astoria. Um, but just, I just love the terrain there and uh, just the, the weather and the trees. Um, that, to me, was uh, probably the most beautiful. But again, the whole entire country, I'll tell you right now, I, you know, we all hit certain ages, uh, you know, those who, are, uh, who live in major cities. And I've been, I've, I was raised in New York and I live in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But just getting out of Los Angeles County, I can't tell you how happy I am. So it doesn't even matter if I, my son was cracking up when we were in Iowa, because normally when you're 12 years old, you know, you're driving through, you just want to get to the destination. And I'm going about right. 55, 65, <laughs> oh, no. 80. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I am just enjoying every moment going through the cornfields here. Just because as you get older, right. you begin yep. to appreciate it a lot more, you know? For sure. Yeah, there's yeah. lots of cornfields up in Illinois. Uh, yeah, drove through uh, on from you Chicago to, no, from St. Louis, Louis to, to Chicago. Chicago. And it was like... Corn, 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 corn. <laughs> yes. Corn. There's yes, a barn. No, and I know. And, and like I said, normally, <laughs> you know, you'd be like, well, what the heck am I doing? Let's just get there. But I'll tell you, with L.A.'s congestion and New York's congestion and just the energy of these cities, it, it really is just so peaceful. I, I'm chomping at the bit. My, my big tour starts. Uh, we're going to be hitting the road towards uh, heading towards San Antonio about June 15th. But I just can't wait. It's just it's such a pleasure being on the road for me there. Awesome. Well, that's really yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, so kind of back to Star Wars for a minute. Be- you know, really, bef- before you got the role of Gecko, yeah, were you a big Star Wars fan prior to that, or? Oh my God! Without question. Oh okay. please, yeah. <laughs> what what really uh, what what really geeked me out on the first day was the fact that I had the first original twelve figures and the Cantina playset in nineteen eighty. Okay. Um, you know, and, oh, and wow. the one thing for me, what I've said in a few interviews, is just the fact that. I mean, not only Lucas was so ahead of his time and so ahead of the other sci-fi genre, you know, sci-fi films at that time, but also one thing that also kicks out at you when you're a kid, it pulls at your heartstrings more than even the visual, is the music. So John Williams had a tremendous amount of, of inspiration for kids because I feel like that you're more connected to maybe those those uh, chords when you're a kid as opposed to even when you you know you might be a full grown adult. Um, so it was just such an impact for me. I had all, you know, got all, you know, the original figures. I, uh, thankfully I wasn't one of those tragic stories where grandma or mom throws them out in the garbage. <laughs> I have all the original figures there, but no, just a diehard entertainment tonight actually did a feature on me before episode one, because I had a life-size, uh, Han Solo and Carbonite. I had a film at that time I did with Miramax. It was the Singapore's first internationally distributed film. Uh, called That's the Way I Like It. I did a cheesy spinoff, if you can imagine, of John Travolta in this sort of uh, fun little uh, campy film. And uh, But my publicist said, look, he said, you know, nobody's really going to care about this film. It's probably going to go to the theaters for one weekend and then it's they're going to, you know, it's going to go straight to video. But let's go ahead and uh, have them go through your closet because your Star Wars collection is amazing. So this was back in, in 1999, but a diehard fan, a oh, collector. Wow. I think I might be the first like true fanboy who actually got involved in the franchise there, but no, without question. I, I The one part part where I sort of lagged was uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels. I'm still kind of in the process of mm-hmm. watching Rebels. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, the original trilogy, I mean, my God, if there were VHS tapes, they would have been worn out. I mean, the, uh, the amount of times that I watched those films. Right. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure I wore out my VHSs. I was, <laughs> I was born in 1980. So the first one I really remember is Jedi. Yeah. But, oh man. I got to tell you, that was the first time, uh, where Luke saves the day on the skiff that I heard an applause in the theater and I will never forget it. Um, but I get to go back as far as empire, um, to where, again, the one beautiful thing about watching that in the theater, and I don't know if you can recall, but th the world was just bigger than life at that time. So when you're watching it and you're watching the believability of, of uh, you know, the credibility of Harrison Ford and Fisher and Hamill and Billy D. Williams and McDermott and, you know, of course, you know, David Prowse and, and James Earl Jones, mm -hmm. it just was just blows you away. I mean, it really does something to you that 40 years later, I mean, we're still talking about it and, and people are still just as passionate about it. So it really is just one of those things that, you know, I, I, I feel like, I mean, I hope that Hollywood still has a, a lot more tricks up its sleeve. It seems like they're getting pretty oversaturated and diluted, but it's only more of a compliment to Lucas and the magic that he created there because, uh, you know, sometimes lightning doesn't even strike once. And with him and Spielberg and Zemeckis, uh, they certainly did an amazing job. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of all their different films. That what I'm <clears throat> right. Yeah. yeah. So who's your favorite Star Wars? Like as a kid, who was your favorite Star Wars character? Well, I, I always split it between two. I thought Boba was obviously the coolest figure. And the one thing I always say now is it's such a great era uh, right now of female empowerment. Uh, but for me, it was also about the male alpha. You know, that was what I can mm -hmm. connect to. And for that, there was no one other better than uh, uh, Harrison Ford between Indy and Han. Absolutely. Um, to where... It was just about taking command. The one thing that, you know, I scratch my head now because of, you know, sometimes the narrative is why can't we coexist with strong women and strong men? Why do we have to, you know, I feel like in my Pick opinion, yeah. uh, I feel mm -hmm. like they're emasculating a lot of these guys on screen. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't understand. You can have a strong Wonder Woman. Um, I thought that uh, Carrie Fisher stood up uh, uh, neck, neck, and neck, neck to neck, uh, you know, toe to toe with uh, with Ford. I didn't understand that. Uh, but, you know, we need to have strong men in our society as well. So mm -hmm. uh, for me, it was Harrison Ford. And, and that was the reasoning there. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have that conversation pretty frequently. It's like, OK, so, yes, like I'm, I've got two daughters, like I'm all about girl power. But like <laughs> you don't have to have wimpy guys in order yeah. to have compelling oh, women. Yeah. Like, you know, we need we yeah. need examples for all of our children to learn how to be. Yeah, strong Thank brave. you. Thank <laughs> you. I, I mean, I really and I'd like to believe the majority of women understand. I mean, they really want that backbone that, you know, the emotional backbone and the stronghold uh, in, in obviously all the positive ways of being the breadwinner uh, when you can. Uh, mm -hmm. But even if you're not the breadwinner, to be able to have that uh, that fortitude to survive and to protect your family, I, I don't understand. But again, I, I think we're sort of divided in that there's many in power to where they think that maybe then they can step into power uh, if they can emasculate uh, mm -hmm. or make submissive. But I'm like, well, that's the same thing that you didn't want as a, as a woman. So why right. why are we doing that? But but again, I, I who, who the heck knows? I, I you know, you never thought that we'd become like our grandparents. where We say, ah, it's not like the good old days, but here we are right. saying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought? <laughs> never in a million years. I said, well, life is always going to be hard. I, I would have understood that, but not 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 this, not this today. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy world for sure. Yeah. I didn't know how crazy it was, I have to say, until I got a Twitter account. Oh, like, no, yeah. It's, oh. It's, you know, I'll tell you, if it wasn't for Star Wars, I say, you know, sometimes I, I remember, you know, over the uh, the holidays there when I thought I thought Gecko was I didn't know if he was going to get a second life. I was starting to fade out. And I, I was just that's when I got the Lewis and Clark book. I got a book on Michael J. Fox. And I got to tell you, 
you shut that thing off and it's probably one of the most peaceful and smartest things you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just go ahead and, and dive into a good book, a good inspirational book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Uh, but it really seems to be the way to go. I, you know, Charles Barkley said something really brilliant. I posted briefly, but I have to be so careful nowadays. Um, he said something really brilliant the other day was that, you know, the narrative right now is, uh, you know, and with the MSM is trying to divide us, you know, and that's the other thing, too. I, I have another conversation uh, with my son's school uh, the other day. I'm, I, I'm sorry, next week, uh, because I'm just very disappointed in terms of feeling that the schools are adding to the segregation and, yeah. and sort of uh, pointing the finger. And so for me, I mean, what frustrates me is that I wish that the, the powers that be would start using this word, and I talk about it often, it's called uh, humanism or egalitarianism, which basically means mm-hmm. we're all held accountable to the same standards, and at the same time, it's the effort to just bring us all together. But mm-hmm. all of this, you know, well, this this is, you know, th- these people are in this corner, these people are in that corner, and this gender is in this corner. Uh, it, it's, it, it, there's no, it basically is going to continue to keep us segregated, and we're going to stay within our own circles, unfortunately, in my opinion. So I, I hope that that will turn. I hope that there will be some kind of a peaceful revolt to say, hey, you know, look, and it's got to come from the minority members, the leaders saying, hey, no, 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 we we got this all wrong. We have Mm -hmm. to just all come together as one in peace uh, with understanding that the only word we can keep using is human, Uh, because I I think if we keep, again, keeping score and keeping tabs, it's just going to keep getting ugly. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's all true. Mm. Yeah, we homeschool, so we don't get to have fun running I, I, yeah, kids I, I don't blame you I, I you know I had a situation a couple months ago where they you know and again I couldn't be more uh, peaceful and, and wanting for uh, just the best understanding for everyone but they said you know for our kids in this one video to not see race to not see gender is wrong and I said you've got to be kidding me I said, the fact that I grew up in New York as an Italian American I said you know look we had our own seg- we had our own discrimination as well uh, you know, we grew up in a melting pot, but uh, we were not taught to, te- you know, to learn any of that. And I, I'm not ashamed to to speak, you know, vocally about that and feel that, you know, you, you know, this ideology is racist or sexist. But it, I, I think that the constantly sever- separating, saying who's got it easy, who's got it hard, it's only separating us more. And I, I, I would love to see more of a, a unification uh, from the school systems specifically. If a parent has that ideology, I respect them. I say, okay, well, that's that's how you feel. I, you know, it's just like Democrat or Republican. But when it's coming from the school and it's a one-sided narrative, uh, I think that's room for concern for any parent. I wouldn't want them up there uh, talking about Breitbart or, or a heavy-level, uh, a right-leaning Fox, um, you know, a, a, right. a narrative. I just want that balance of saying, hey, if you're going to introduce this to them, well, then at least show them the other side. Or how about this? Leave it up to the parents to tell them, you know, what what their ideology in regards to this should be. Right. Yeah. Well, I I really that's one of the things I appreciated about older sci-fi was that it mm-hmm. presented social mm-hmm. commentary, but it generally showed you both sides. Yeah. And yeah, you know, it wasn't like this one's right. In fact, I actually have really appreciated as far as a modern show doing that is the Orville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, McFar- McFarlane's great. I mean, even with Family Guy, I just hope, God forbid, they don't cancel him because, again, <laughs> he riffs on everybody just like Don Rickles. And I, I think we need, to, <laughs> right. we need to protect comedy at all costs. But he, he's amazing. You know, you bring up a good point. I don't mean to self-plug, but I, the, one of the passions of wanting to become an actor was to tell a story. It's not only, hey, I'm on television. Hey, I'm doing a, 
a shoot 'em up scene on Prison Break, or I'm I'm playing a thug on on NYPD Blue. Um, I just did a film as African American director from New York, and the reason I mention it is because I felt that more or less he was pretty neutral in his message. There's a film I started in. It's called Anonymous Killers. It's currently on Amazon right now. Oh, awesome. um, but basically, it's about the criminal system, and it's it basically leaves it to the viewer, not so much him shoving down your throat a certain agenda or a certain uh, direction, left or right. But basically, the the big controversy right now and the discussion, because there are uh, there is validity on both sides, is that word privilege. And the one thing I love with this director with this movie is that he sort of presents it in a way of saying, hey, if I commit a crime, I don't come from a, a great area, Italian-American, you know, the mob, uh, the, you know, there's certain mm -hmm. admiration we have for the mafia because they didn't only had so many opportunities at that time. But there's two ways that you can cut that. You can say, hey, look, the rules are still the rules. You go to jail. I mean, if you commit a crime or, hey, I understand why you might have done that, because obviously you only had so much opportunity. Uh, but I love the fact the way that he sort of presented this uh, film with five different criminals um, because I think that it, it, he left it open for the way, you know, that the audience could judge uh, whether or not they think it's just or not. Uh, and as opposed to, again, what I don't like and I don't think any of us like is shoving one side or the other down mm -hmm. down the uh, viewer's throat there. Yeah. Yeah. No, escapism shouldn't be too preachy. There you go. There you absolutely. Or yeah. if it is, uh, let it let it you know serve it up like a volleyball so the uh, the audience could uh, decide for themselves. Yeah, I mean those sorts of things certainly have their place. But when you're watching something for the sheer escape of it, and then right. but the same thing that's on the news channel slaps you in the face. Right. right. It's no. Let's yeah, have yeah, this hard, You know, like I said, we're, we're turning to our grandparents and say, man, <laughs> I wish they, they don't make them like they used to. <laughs> I know. Alas, I know. Every once in a while, I open my mouth and I hear my mother, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I wasn't going to exactly. do that. Exactly. <laughs> Who would have thought? I would, never would have thought in a million years. I thought we were going to be the coolest parents ever. Oh, right. Yeah. I Oh, I was going to be, I mean, I knew everything there was to be about being a parent before I had kids. Yeah, uh, right, right. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. I was yeah. an expert. Yeah. But knock on wood, I'm sure yours are healthy and and uh, and well grounded, and and I'm so grateful mine are too. They're uh, 15 and 12 there, and that's the reason for this tour. Um, you know, for me again, we don't come from a uh, a belief of uh, the government needs to pay our way for college. Uh, this is for him. Um, but the reason it's for him is that he's been self sufficient. He's a straight A student, got accepted into accredited, uh, extremely accredited uh, pre uh, prep school of uh, for UCLA called the Geffen Academy out here in Los Angeles. Uh, wow. He's working so hard. Uh, so I want to take him along. And, and uh, it, you know, the one thing for me is to uh, hopefully get him to that level of higher education and, and have uh, less loans for him. Uh, because, again, he really yeah. has a good head on his shoulders. It's one thing if they're complacent and they're, you know, playing uh, PlayStation every two seconds. But he really, when it's time for homework, I mean, I even felt bad yesterday. We had to do a COVID test for this Hawaii trip. And he's like, Dad, I got to get home. I got to knock out my homework. Uh, he's just such a great kid. I can't say enough about him. Uh, he's going to be with me at least uh, for about two and a half weeks, the first leg of the uh, tour there. That's awesome. awesome. That's, you know, that's, it's so great to be able to share things with your kids. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, especially now, again, I mean, I don't blame them with the phones. You know, everybody's got their head on their phones. But the one great thing when you hit the road is you put that phone down. And uh, mm -hmm. we've got some really fun museums. They got the, uh, uh, the USS, uh, oh boy. Um, Oh, God, what is it? It's down on Corpus Christi there, but it's this beautiful battleship there that they have, Lexington, USS Lexington. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we've got a couple of Lewis and Clark museums, an art museum in Houston. Uh, we've got the Springfield. We're going to see Lincoln's tomb in Springfield, Illinois, and then do a little bit of the Art Institute of Chicago up there uh, before he flies back. I didn't want to take up his whole summer because I, we're going, obviously, at a very, very fast clip. 
Nice. So do y'all have a stop in Houston on your... Um, yes, we do. We're going to be at uh, DNA Comics, and that's going to be uh, in... Uh, it's going to be on a Wednesday, believe it or not. I've been so fortunate that a lot of the stores are taking me in for the weekdays. I wish every day could be a Saturday and Sunday. Right. But that'll be at DNA Comics, and uh, oh man, the, the 501st, their legion down there is just so amazing. And uh, if whoever, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have been to Texas, but if you haven't, they've got a restaurant down there called Chewy's, and man, they, the best trace leche cake you can ever imagine. Uh, so we're looking forward to having some of that again. And, uh, oh, my God, they got a queso dip down there, too, uh-huh. uh, which is amazing. But, yeah, we've got uh, yeah. four four stops in Houston, San Antonio, Corpus Christi, uh, Houston, and Dallas. Oh, wow. So you're, you're really making the rounds in Texas. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, we, we may actually come, may try to come that way instead. That's Marisha's dad's in Houston. So. Yep. Oh, perfect, perfect. I, I, matter of fact, five, five stops. Uh, swinging back around uh, in late August will be Amarillo there as well. But okay. I would love to see you guys. Absolutely, please. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll even my kids. I do a lot of cosplay with my kids. Um, so maybe we'll even get them dressed up. That would be fun. Please. Well, what I tell everyone, anyone who comes dressed up, they get a complimentary uh, signed photo there. The other thing I do for the fans, a way of saying thank you. Some of these celebrities, they charge uh, for selfies, but I, I don't charge anything. For me, it's an honor that somebody would want to take a photo with me. And again, they just add to the brand. So it, I, I'm so grateful. Um, I just appreciate everyone's support of the comic just because uh, that's uh, hopefully going to be for the sun there. Yeah, that's super exciting. I can't wait to, I can't wait to read it here when it comes out shortly. Thank you. Thank you. I did want to ask one other question as far as not really Star Wars, but outside of Star Wars, are there any other fandoms that you're just really, really hardcore about or any that you would really like to be a part of one day? You know, that's interesting you say that. Uh, this, the one that comes second for me, and again, it's it's becoming few and far between now because I, I just feel like every writer and every director has their hand frozen by the studios, which is really upsetting me. You know, I, I just want to make clear, if you're Spike Lee, Ava DuVernay, um, if you're Quentin Tarantino, if you're Scorsese, you need to fly with that pen. I don't want to tell you you need to write me in or you need to write this guy in or that guy. I, I felt like everyone needs to go back to whatever they want to say, your voice. I don't care what part of the country you come from. I want to hear your voice uncensored. This is America. We cannot have this to where, mm-hmm. again, everything is becoming censored. But what I, my point I'm getting at is that I loved, I loved Oscar season. I used to love, I mean, just watching uh, all of the Academy Award nominees. So it wasn't necessarily a specific genre. Um, a, a film, but it was just the, when December came, I would be at the movie theater probably every other night. I'd get some of the screeners because I'm a member of the union, um, but it would just be watching the likes of, say, Daniel Day-Lewis or mm-hmm. a new innovative film with a new creative uh, script or ideology. I, I really just love those unique ones to where the studios, it's just once in a blue moon now, uh, actually get to see a different, a non-formulaic project um, mm-hmm. To where it's thought provoking, you know, you can go back to say M Night Shyamalan with uh, mm-hmm. the Sixth Sense, or even last year it was a creepy one. It was called Midsummer uh, a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. Um, you know, I just love those pieces, and again, I love watching brilliant actors. Uh, I, can, I can't get enough of watching DiCaprio, Scorsese, of course, uh, Tarantino as well. He's the he's one, and Christopher Nolan to where they don't need to have uh, wait for the green lights in the studio. They're still able to write what they want to write. But for me, my passion is directors and artists who can write and they can produce unapologetically without having to have their work censored. Uh, because then what ends up happening is that you have that connection with the audience, uh, as opposed to, again, all of this political correctness where we're worried who's offended, who's not offended. And, and I say that with 100% confidence because I'm Italian 
And and I love Seth MacFarlane. I love uh, Zucker, Abrams and Zucker and Sopranos. I'm not going to sit here in March and say, hey, no, not all Italians are uh, having a, a pastrami sandwich, you know, and, <laughs> and uh, don't have their, their belly over their, or their waist. Yeah, that's, that's true, of course. I mean, it's only just a certain genre. But you got to show the world. It can't keep being the censorship where the only Italians on screen can be doctors and lawyers, and uh, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to sweep the Jersey Shore under the carpet, or the guys from northern New Jersey that uh, unfortunately exist. You know, uh, so <laughs> I just like to see. Uh, yeah. That's my my uh, my next little fan, my other fandom uh, of just uncensored cinema, and I hope we can get back to that sooner than later. Absolutely, I agree. I, it's. Uh... Let you know we have so many wonderful creators, and and it's it's a shame to see a lot of them handcuffed by studios. Um, you know we've got a a guy set up here. I don't know if you're familiar with Tate Taylor or not. No, uh, me, no. he made the movie yeah. The Help. Oh yeah, sure, sure, yeah. Uh, he's local. He's here in Natchez, and they're in the process of really trying to get the industry going here in town. Nice. And uh, they were supposed to film four or five movies here last year before COVID shut everything down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's such a great uh, um, uh, thing for me when they starting to outsource now to other states because uh, again, living in LA, everyone's living on top of each other. And and right. uh, the one thing I'd love to have, we have a beautiful condo here that we can sell for quite a, a good coin. Um, but it would be to have a nice house there. We don't know what state yet, but uh, obviously a place with uh, a lot more land and. A nice man cave. That would be the dream so we can keep all our, our cool Star Wars stuff and pop culture stuff uh, all throughout that room. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've got all my Star Wars stuff, but it's it shares, it's in my office. And okay. so it, it's constantly fighting for space with with work stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, the whole dream would be to get a nice man cave with some nice uh, display uh, cases there and, uh, you know, have it really nice and neat with a nice screening room there. Yeah. It sounds mm. like a good plan. So have you done a whole lot? It sounds like you've done a pretty good bit. It sounds like the 501st has gotten really involved with showing up at your events. Oh, yeah, without question. I, like I said, I mean, going back to uh, being inducted as an honorary member with all three major charitable organizations, I just can't tell you how grateful I am. Um, we managed to raise uh, over $3,000 last year. Combined with that uh, was the Peter Mayhew Foundation, mm -hmm. Make-A-Wish Foundation, uh, the Aflac Cancer Research uh, uh, as well with, uh, actually, um, the Alabama Garrison uh, 501st. Uh, we okay. worked with them at the Atlanta Brick Company. I'm going to be at Atlanta again. Oh, my God. If anyone's a Lego fan, one of the coolest stores right outside of, of uh, Atlanta is called the Atlanta Brick Company. Uh, and we're going to be there, I believe, August 8th. Uh, so we're going to be working with all those charitable organizations. I try to donate. I've got a bit of collection from other celebrities and such. Um, but people will give me things along the way. Um, whether it's gecko items or original uh, paintings uh, of gecko or Star Wars. And mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and pay it. I'll let them know. I'll say, hey, thank you. Uh, do you mind if I can add this to a raffle or two? We're doing it for Make-A-Wish. Um, and they've been just so honored to, that I would be doing uh, that. I've done that. Uh, it's just my other way of just saying thank you again for this attention. Uh, make no mistake, as I mentioned, uh, this is really now uncharted waters in terms of the popularity mm -hmm. uh, that this character has received. And I, I just can't do enough to say thank you. Uh, for this opportunity because it's been able to help me uh, get through COVID uh, and also at the same time, uh, uh, it's such a beautiful feeling to help others. Awesome. Well, that's really great. I mean, it sounds like you've got some exciting things going on. I know I've been, I've been following you on Twitter for a while. And so it's always interesting to see what's the, what's the latest thing we're doing today, you know, cause yeah. we have, uh, we have five 
grandparents in their 80s here. So okay. we've kind of been living under a rock um, until uh-huh. they all got vaccinated. And so it's been fun to see. It's like, oh, look, people doing things and going places, you know, <laughs> living vicariously through, through, you know, people traveling around and um, yeah, seeing people. Take a, take, uh, you know, uh, hopefully not biting off a little more than I can chew with um, Florida. I am going to go ahead because this is taking up the majority of the year with this tour. Um, I'm starting in a film called Deceived, and I'm heading down to uh, Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. Uh, to film that May 9th to the 20th. So I'm excited about that, but uh, they're going all in. I mean, we're, you know, a lot of the major studios will have all their COVID testing early in the morning, but this is a little bit lower budget. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to just throw caution into the wind and, you know, just hope for the best. But I, I, I feel like, you know, with the 20,000 miles, I feel like I'm one of those that have been asymptomatic. I was nervous on the first uh, leg of the tour last mm-hmm. year. But I just feel like if I got it, I, if I if I would have gotten it, I, I probably got it already. Mm-hmm. Um, we just took the test. I got a negative just uh, yesterday. Um, but, you know, look, I mean, we got to live life, too. You know, it's, it's everyone's got to make their own decision. Uh, yeah. But also for the economy, we you know, we need to just, you know, do what we got to do in order to survive. Uh, and also just try to be, you know, uh, still, you know, practice our, you know, our distancing and hygiene. But we also got to get to work, you know. Yeah. And, and as you, we've kind of been having those same conversations, it's like, OK, you know, can't do this forever. Got to right. figure out a way to get back to life yeah. as normal because, you know, got to gotta go see people and do things. And we got to, like you said, mm-hmm. got to get the economy back. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm ready and, to go and, back to college. I had a lot of friends who did get it, but I mean, they're, they're still around. I mean, it was just, yeah. you know, yeah. they had a, you know it, it was not fun, but uh, they were able to, you know, uh, fight through it there. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back to cons. Yes, that <laughs> yeah. was, we, that we usually do four or five a year sometimes, and, and we haven't done one in. A year and a half now. Yeah. I know uh, so. my friend Daniel Logan, he played Boba Fett there. They got one in Nashville, I think. Uh, I don't know, I think it's this weekend coming up. So, um, but I don't know if I want to uh, personally, as far as, I mean, as a, as a, as a fan, as a uh, customer, I want to go. Um, but the one thing I love is just having this intimate time. We're just having one specific special day mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to competing in a room with 30 other guys. Plus, you know, Chris Evans or Chris Helmsworth in the other room, you're, you're you know, it's going to be, it's right. tough to even come up for water, you know, I right? Mean, you know, for air, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll see what happens, but I, I kind of like this whole dynamic of having one special day that's targeted, uh, to where, you know, they don't have the customer doesn't have to pay admission, um, right. and can just have a special day within the comic there, but we'll see the next step is either, um, well, we might fade away from it. We'll see what happens with the comic. Or uh, Geeky Tiki's, this might be the first a licensed product of Gecko. Um, they're pitching uh, to Lucasfilm to see if they can do an exclusive uh, with a limited number of 1,300 uh, Tiki mugs. So that would be really oh, wow. cool awesome. uh, to tour with that there as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything else like you want to pitch or mention or anything before we kind of... <laughs> Well, Rambo? definitely let everybody know where they can find your schedule. And uh, yes. thank you, yeah, thank you so much. Just the schedule. I appreciate everyone's support along the uh, the way. We'll, we have got a couple of stops in Tennessee, a stop in Georgia. Uh, we've got about uh, four stops in Florida, uh, one in uh, Alabama. There, so uh, we'll be all over the area. One in Little Rock. Um, appreciate everyone's support again. GeckoTheBountyHunter.com or Layer of the Gecko on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is Dominic Pace One, and then Gecko the Hunter on Twitter. But just appreciate you guys. I hope you and your family are, are safe. And uh, it would be great to see you guys at one of the uh, appearances there. Hopefully, maybe either Houston or, or Bama there if you guys yeah. can make it. Yeah, Excellent. we're definitely going to try. And that's, I think Rose still trying to get me to come up to Chicago. So, yeah. Okay. You know. <laughs> yeah. That, 
that's gonna be a lot of fun. He he whipped out his whole uh, tape deck there. Is you know, oh, he, yeah. he did a whole show and had the guys from Rebel Force Radio come out and WSTR Media mm-hmm. and also uh, Rebel Base Guard. It was just a whole media frenzy. It was a lot of fun. And, <laughs> It was actually raining, but uh, we were we were dancing in the rain. It was a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. Right, well. well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been uh, great talking with you, getting to hear you know all about you know your Star Wars experience, and and you know it's always enjoy hearing people talk about their grandparents. We were real attached to ours around here, so. Absolutely, it's, it's absolutely. Great. Oh, my best, to everybody, all your listeners. Again, hopefully everybody stays safe. And I uh, hope to see you guys soon. We'll be going uh, hardcore from uh, this Saturday all the way to uh, uh, September 1st. So I appreciate everyone's support. And thanks again for having me. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thank you thanks, so much for coming Thanks on. for coming. And thanks for everything that you're doing. All right, guys. So that, that's going to do it for this episode of Coruscant Radio Underground. You can find us online at crew underscore podcast at CRU underscore podcast. You can drop us a line at Coruscant Radio Underground at gmail.com. And as always, remember to check out our podcast as well as the rest of the Red 5 podcast family at red5network.com or at Red 5 Network on Twitter. And until next time, may the force be with you.